On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to talk with Jensen and Nikolai from Ombre's Sunglasses. Man, what a great conversation I had with these guys, some super tactical marketing stuff, and uh, just hearing their story was really, really inspiring. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this one. These are truly unprecedented times, and we don't know what the future is going to look like. What we do know is that there's hope. With every downturn in the market, there are companies who will make it and those who won't. With all of that being said, we will be putting on weekly, if not more than weekly webinars, where we talk about what funding is available during times like these, how to pivot your business, what types of marketing messaging to use in times of crisis, and more. Join us at mindfulmarketing.co slash free dash webinar. Now onto today's show. All right, Nikolai and Jensen from Ombra's Sunglasses. Great to have you guys on Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Thank you for Thanks having so us. Much. Yeah, 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 super, super great. It's nice to have uh, two of you on as well. You know, normally I just like have one person in the hot seat asking them all sorts of questions. But, you know, with two of you, you can at least like deflect off to the other person. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing that every day. So, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. we're not used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a Nikolai problem. I do that with both my business partners in my two different companies. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's a Sean problem. <laughs> um, so, guys, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you guys do. Nikolai, who should you want me to start this off? Yeah, Jensen, yeah. All right. Go for good. it, brother. All right. Well, yeah, we are the co-founders over at Ombra's Sunglasses out of Seattle, Washington, and basically what we did was we removed the sidearms on a conventional pair of sunglasses. And instead of using those arms, we attach our frames to a built-in, super minimalist, comfy, adjustable cord. So Ombras, you know, they don't slip down your nose or fall off. You can um, slip them around your neck when you don't want to have them on. Throw them in a pocket or a bag without having to worry about them breaking. Yeah. And... Um, and they don't squeeze your head or cause headaches or, um, or discomfort when you wear them for a long time or wear them with a hat. Cool. Was this something like, like a need that you saw in the marketplace? It was. You know, like sunglasses, the overall design of them hasn't changed in the last 250 years since they were invented. And they're just kind of frustrating. Like I would wear sunglasses growing up and I just hated them. And, and so I, I, I ended up just never using them um, just because of those aforementioned problems, you know, yeah, like yeah. they're just annoying. Um, and so I was on a camel expedition. I was on, like on a safari in India. Oh, this is a great, uh, this is already a great story. Everyone here, pay attention. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. In India, it was 2012. I was on a camel expedition and someone sat on my sunglasses a few hours into the trip and the sidearms broke off, which had happened to me, you know, countless times before oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh i needed sunglasses so i tied a piece of twine around the broken hinges and wrapped the twine around the back of my head and i was just couldn't believe how well they worked like it kind of solved these issues that i'd had yeah um, and yeah they weren't they weren't falling down my nose and like i could just drop them around my neck when i didn't want them on and so uh i replaced that twine with a leather cord and i wore that same pair of sunglasses for five years uh so so when did when did the brand start after this was this something like were people asking you about them like they were yeah people so i went back to college um 
from India, went back and I wore them through college. Nikolai and I went to college together. Okay, cool, cool. We were good friends and he would, he would always try and steal my pair of sunglasses and wear them. Um, and as did other friends, you know, people like strangers would come up to me off the street and be like, Oh, like, who makes those? Like, Whoa, what are those? They don't have side, They don't have arms. They're just a cord. And I'm like, and I was, I was always baffled by that because from the side, you don't really notice anything's different. Like the cord is designed in a way that it doesn't really look like much different than a normal okay. pair of sunglasses. Yeah. So I was always amazed that people even noticed them to begin with. Um, but really just enough people inquired and I knew the, like the value in them and like what, you know, that unique value and there was nothing like it on the market. And I love them so much. I was like, the other people are going to love these as well. And Nikolai kind of had that same thought process. And we actually ended up working on another uh, project together. Nikolai and I did, and uh, that just didn't pan out like we had hoped. And so we kind of, we, we loved working together. We complemented each other's strengths nicely. Um, and so we just kind of transitioned into, into this idea because these sunglasses were just, I was always wearing them. We were always like, you know what? Like this is a thing that we can build and, and bring to market. Cool, cool. So what was the next step after that? So you guys, you, you know, you had the idea. Where did you start looking for sourcing and, and what did that all look like? We kind of got lucky in the sense that I actually broke the lenses of my MacGyvered pair that I was wearing. I brought them into five years after five years, the lenses shattered. They were actually glass lenses. I didn't even know it at the time, but uh, so I went into an eyewear shop um, in Seattle to get some lenses replaced on them. And I took the cord off because I didn't want this eyewear shop to see my pair and, and, and think like get the idea. Um, which I was being way too overly cautious and protected. <laughs> and the owner of the shop was like, why the heck do you want me to fix these or put new lenses in these broken sunglasses? Like what's going on, dude? And uh, he seemed like a cool dude. So I actually told him what was, what was up with them. And he was like, Oh, I like this idea. This is cool. Um, I can put you in touch with one of my manufacturers in China who makes uh, frames. Oh, and so we got uh, put in touch with that uh, factory and we started drawing up potential kind of cleat designs. Like I'd been toying with how to attach a cord to the frame for years just on my own, just because I kind of always knew I wanted to, to start something like this. I had a few buddies that started Chubbies and a couple other like friends of friends that started movement watches. So I just loved, I just like, cause was inspired by what they were doing. And Nikolai was too. We kind of both had that like uh, entrepreneurial mindset from the get go. Um, and yeah, just like seeing what they built over at Chubby's and movement. We were like, this is, this is something that's doable that we want to like focus on and kind of bring to market. Yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. What, what was the point or was there a certain point where you're like, Oh man, this is it. This is our business. Like this one's going to take off. Um, it took us about a year and a half to like source the right cord. We actually ended up like custom designing the right cord. We ended, we started using a, a, a to boot New York, like high end shoelace at first that we would oh, really, okay. we would dip it in like cedar beeswax and bake it in the oven to make it water resistant <laughs> and like Dremel out mahogany beads from Michael's and countersink like a, like a crimped washer on the end of the cord to make a bead. Like we were, these were some like super pretty scalable. Hey. Yeah. So it wasn't scalable at all. And like, really like we, we had that aha moment when we, when we kind of like 
got our, our high, like high end sewing machine and the program going. And we launched on Indiegogo, um, which cool. is a crowdfunding campaign. And really, I think we knew that we were onto something that first day when we like raised $20,000 in day one. And, uh, it's a brand new company that people brand didn't... new company. Yeah. We sold like, yeah, hundreds brand of new concept, brand new concept. Yeah. And so we kind of, we wanted to test that concept and, and we didn't want to raise a bunch of money, um, from investors and give away a bunch of equity. And we thought, you know, what a, what a great way to test the market and see if there's a demand for this than like oh. a crowdfunding campaign. Um, and that was really when we knew we were onto something cause it was so well received and people from all over the world were, we sold Umbras in 52 countries, all seven continents, all 50 States. It was like 53 U S territories. I think we sent some to like Guam and Tonga and like Virgin Puerto Island. Rico, Virgin yeah. Islands. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. So that was really a good affirmation that this was something that, that, that people um, could get behind. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Where was it because you'd seen other brands do that, like going straight to crowdfunding or was it just because you didn't have the money? Both. Yeah. Those both. And, you know, we've seen a lot of crowdfunding videos where the founders standing in front of a whiteboard explaining, you know, what they're doing and why. And, and we didn't really want to take that same basic approach because this was not a some same basic product. And so we actually invested a lot, a lot of time into our crowdfunding video. And it was a big hit. It kind of uh, went a little viral. And people cool. just loved it. Like we still have people all the time telling us it was like the best crowdfunding video they'd ever seen. I, Guy Ross from How I Built This told us it was his favorite crowdfunding video he's ever seen. Yes, I wanted to bring this up. So for people who listen to this podcast, you'll know that uh, you know we're probably on you know number twenty or twenty-one of uh, straight people saying uh, podcast guests saying that their favorite podcast is How I Built This. These guys are a little different. Th this is not their favorite podcast, How I Built This. Uh, but they were featured on how I built this. So I'm going to go ahead and say that that's number 21 in a row. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Fair. By default, it's our favorite podcast. Besides, besides, uh, scaling, you know, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I love when I ask the question at the end, Hey, what's your favorite podcast? And like, well, I mean, yours, obviously. Yeah. Yours obviously is our favorite. <laughs> that's hilarious. Hey, well, let's, let's talk marketing. I, I really like, um, these interviews to be super tactical. Um, so let's talk tactics. What's working for you guys right now? And, 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 and just for people who listen to this, and if you're going to listen to this down the road, we're still in the midst of COVID right now. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about what was working before and has that changed at all um, as far as marketing is concerned? I guess like just for some background, uh, Jensen and I are both photographers and, and we dabble with videography. So we've always taken a super hands-on approach to, to marketing and to creating our own content and keeping everything fresh um, and just making sure everything's super relevant. And uh, we're picking topics that are already on people's minds. Cool. Uh, can, you, yeah, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Like, like what, do you, what do you mean by that? Um, I'll elaborate a little. I mean, I think we're just super hyper-focused on our branding. Um, like, we would we only post like super premium stuff on our Instagram um, and our Instagram is kind of our main channel um, Instagram and Facebook but yeah we just keep everything in-house and we ideate and we spend a lot of time just like thinking of what's gonna catch people's attention what's gonna what's gonna stick with people 
And then we do a good job of executing that through like our photography, through good friends who we brought on that we know deliver and do a great job as well as our editors and producers. They're, they're all like just super aligned with us. Um, and we've just done a really, really, uh, we've been really hyper-focused on just creating a team of, of creators and building a team of creators who are going to do a great job of, of presenting the brand because th- like in this digital age, that's really all people have to base our product off of is yeah. a really video. Yeah. They're not coming into your store. So no, exactly. Yeah. That's super cool. So, so you'd say that the biggest driver of marketing right now is your creative. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, we've had some great press on us. We won. So after we delivered, uh, our, our first pairs of Ombras to our backers, which we actually ended up making, um, hand making, um, we, uh, we won backpacker magazines, gear editors choice award, cool, uh, which is one of the most like coveted outdoor awards in the outdoor industry. Um, we won that like three months after delivery. And after that, REI got a hold of us and Huck and his jaw. And so I would say, I would say in those first, in the, in that first period, we really took a hands-on approach with PR. We literally just put together a list, a big Excel spreadsheet of hundreds of our top most relevant publications. Uh, and this was a huge gray area for us. We knew that, you know, we had heard that you either hire a PR agency to do this for you, yeah. or you don't really know. It's just kind of like stabbing in the dark. So we just started guessing emails and scouring LinkedIn and, uh, and just like looking up different authors and editors of pieces that were kind of in the same, uh, in the same direction as what, what we wanted coverage about. Yeah. And to our surprise, you know, we started seeing results, you know, we would just spend days and days of just reaching out, following up, cold calling even uh and and right at, right as our launch right at, right as our product launch right as our indiegogo launched we uh we started seeing a bunch of great pr um and i think the editors were taken by surprise as well because in the sunglass industry like jensen mentioned before not really much had changed before so we were really uh kind of like a fresh take on the traditional sunglass design and i think that caught a lot of people's attention um, and that was super important to us from, from in, the, in the early days, especially, and it's, it's still super important because being such a novel concept, a lot of people see these for the first time and they're like, well, does the, do these really work? Uh, this is such a simple idea. Why didn't people, why didn't anyone come out with it before? Yeah. Um, are they stable? Are they secure when they're on, their, on your face? And having that, uh, that kind of, um, re uh, that, that confirmation that affirmation from uh, very well respected publications and reviewers you know it meant a lot for us uh, in terms of being able to say look this is a real thing it, these work they're better uh, they, these solve issues um, yeah. so that was that was time very well spent in the, in the yeah. early days and we still spend at least one month uh, one day a month doing PR ourselves awesome awesome I love this like i i, I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into this so it's essentially because a, lo- a lot of brands who listen to this are you know kind of in that six to seven figure you know six maybe trying to get to seven eight figure um e-com companies and pr seems like one of those things that you just hire out 
Mm-hmm. But but you guys are saying like no you you can just do the research yourself. Is there are there any like tools that you found now for you guys doing it yourself? Because it's expensive to hire a PR agency. They're they're expensive. They're it's very expensive. Expensive. Yeah, it's like basically having a full time employee. Yeah, yeah. So I've got I I want to share a, a story. I've got a friend who owns a brand called Soulguard. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them before. Um, they make uh, backpacks and, uh, and suitcases and all sorts of stuff like that. And, um, and they were featured in, they've been featured in everything you can think of. Um, they were on Time 50 Best Inventions last year. Um, and I was like, dude, I need your PR company. Um, I want that contact. And he's like, no, it's just us. So like, like same sort of idea. Those guys are just, just going at it. And if you think about that, if you really want your PR um, up, just hire an employee, right? That that can make those contacts. So great yeah. enough, guys. Oh well, you're gonna have to introduce us to your friend because we want to get on Times 50 Top Inventions in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> that, we'll, we'll be following up. With yeah, we'll be following. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he he can have sunglasses for life if he gives us that time. Con. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll I'll totally make an intro uh, <laughs> after, the, after the podcast for sure. That's awesome. So, guys, what would you? Practically, what would you tell your uh, yourself, um, the the person who started this brand years ago? What what would you tell yourself uh, to do differently? So one of the things that we have been trying to manage as a brand that was conceived with as a direct consumer business, we were you know traditionally e-commerce focused on e-commerce. All of our uh, processes, everything that we've done has been really de- driven towards e-commerce. But as we've grown, uh, we've been approached by a number of retail partners, and we're super grateful for that. Uh, and one of them was REI, and that was that's like you know a dream come true as an outdoor company, as like hikers and REI customers to the core. We were beyond uh, excited, and we still are. Uh, but one of the things that I think we underestimated was just how much um, attention and focus it takes to develop like a clean and effective retail strategy uh, and to manage that, those kinds of accounts uh, well. And to just, um, we had a, we had an instance, I'll give you some specifics here uh, where basically REI was placing orders and they would come into our email, uh, into our inbox as an alert. And so we would fill their orders and we were living that way. And then uh, one day we, at some point some settings got screwed up in our email or in their system and we stopped getting these order confirmations so we essentially ended up missing a big chunk of our q4 orders with rei Mm -hmm. um and this is something we realized a little bit late and it was it was like a, a glitch in in their system it was i would say we could have been a bit more proactive with um with just like checking in on it just being such a big account and uh you know, having so, holding so much weight. Um, so just as a, you know, as a learning, after we discovered that, we just kind of implemented some processes that every week we, uh, we do a weekly check-in on all of our retail accounts, make sure we understand what inventory levels are looking like, uh, make sure there's no orders or communications outstanding. Because uh, another thing we realized is with a lot of these companies, you're getting communications from different emails. And some of those emails can go into your spam folder yeah, inadvertently. Absolutely. And, and that's, a, that's a real uh, dangerous thing to, to play with there. So um, it's something that, you know, we just have to stay on top of and, 
and have almost like a list of priorities that you start every Monday with. Of like yeah. here, I need to, I need to check in on just like, just, just give these things one touch, you know? Yeah. And just to know that I'm not missing anything. Totally. Is that a manual thing or are you guys using some software for that? Uh, to follow up on things? Yeah. Yeah. To manage all of your retail relationships. Is that, is that some software you're using or is that just something you guys have built in house? We have a list in Trello, basically. Okay. We keep it simple right now, but I'm always looking for ways to automate things like that. So um, that's another thing. I don't know of any, unfortunately. <laughs> we're we're uh, we use at both of our companies, our clothing company, and this one. We just use Monday for everything. That's uh, that's the way we just build out all of our processes. So, um, cool guys. Uh, so I want to ask actually each one of you because I think you're going to have a different um, a different take on this. This is the question I like to ask uh, ask to every podcast guest. Um, Jensen, let's start with you. What's your secret to scaling? Simplicity. Okay. And focus for sure. But I think, yeah, um, keeping it simple. You, you don't want to, you can make things so much more difficult on yourself by, you know, adding in a ton of SKUs or different product lines and stuff like that. And I think really like you just got to nail like a couple things and do it well and, and keep improving that because it's so easy to get off track. And then I think the other, the other side of that is just, yeah, staying focused to your core. Um, it's so easy to get pulled in all these directions from all these different, you know, you, you, I'm sure everyone that has started a business knows just how many emails they get from people over promising things from PR to content to, to, you know, Facebook management to anything like that and your ads manager and like you just have to stay focused and know that like know that you're gonna you you have to trust yourself to be able to do those jobs before you can put someone else in charge of a hundred percent good good secrets yeah um I'll I'm, if I if anything else comes back to me I'll go but if you want to ask Nikolai yeah Nikolai what what would you say your secret to scaling is um, I would say just to, so I, I'll take, I'll have a couple things here. So, um, turn like confusion into strategy for, first of all, like there, we just as a, as new business owners and as growing businesses, we always have a ton of decisions and a ton of information coming at us and it's super easy to get overwhelmed. And, uh, whenever, I recognize an issue that is overly manual and that I'd like to scale. I always just step back, write out what the ideal thing would be. And then from there, start building it out and really put the thought into it before I start building out. Like, what is this going to look like? Like conceptualize it. Um, and then the other, that, and that's twofold because then you got to find the right technology uh, and invest in the right technology and processes to automate that. Um, I, I've got a couple of examples. So um, Jensen and I, we use a 3PL called ShipBob. They do a great job. Uh, we've used them since day one. They fulfilled they fulfilled almost every single order we've ever sent out. And ShipBob, uh, but for the for the longest part, Jensen and I were doing all of our own returns in house. So uh, customers would reach out. We'd tell them to send send in their returns or exchanges here. We would be inspecting everything manually. Uh, and 
you know, we recognized that that was wasting or, or consuming a lot of our time. So, you know, with that, we went out to ShipBob and we built out a custom returns program with them. So now they're handling all of the inspection, all of the restocking, all of those kinds of uh, parts of our returns program. And that gave us back hours every week um, and sa saved us a whole lot of time. The other thing we did, we started, we, we recognized that our ambassador program always required like a number of units on hand to, to need to, to need to be sent out to people uh, as samples for PR as well. So uh, we, we started treating all of our used and like exchanged and returned inventory as uh, samples for PR and ambassadors and people like that. So that um, allowed us, that, that was another thing that just took us to the post office every week. We would just be communicating with people, reading DMs and, uh, and going to the post office basically. Um, that gave us back a ton of time. That's a great idea. That's like a, like what, what a great hack. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Give those and it's people, like, like, it's not like there's any damaged product in there or anything. No, it's not. And you know, we will say like, Hey, these might have a smudge on them or something because they are, they have been, you know, returned or exchanged. But like at the end of the day, people appreciate that because this pair is not going into the landfill. It's being used. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Guys. What a great idea. I hope, I hope people are listening to the end right now because this is like, that's just such a good nugget right there. I'd say another thing uh, is email marketing, you know, just automation technology like that. Just figure out like what's going to drive your business and then find the, the right technology for you. Uh, so MailChimp is something we invested in early on. We never thought that email marketing would become such a big part of our business, but it does in fact drive over 30% of our sales. Um, especially specifically through that email pop-up, like save 10%, but then also the follow-up emails that we're able to send once people get into our email funnel. It's huge. Um, and then we were able to amplify that by investing in another technology called Privy. Um, and Privy just, just adds another level of like power and automation and sophistication to your, um, to your email marketing pop-ups. Um, and that's boot, that's amplified Mailchimp by by double probably. Awesome, awesome. That's great. Jensen, did you have anything else come to mind? Oh no, I was gonna add, no. Nikolai nailed it. I was just gonna say what he said was would have would have been my 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 other thing that came to mind. So we didn't go there. Um, that's great, guys. Yeah. Before, before we move on to the to our lightning round, um, any any other words of wisdom that you have for e-commerce store owners out there? Uh, I think, well, I don't know if this is words of wisdom or not, but it's just another tidbit of something that we focus on. Um, and we've built into a main pillar of our brand, uh, is our tree planting initiatives. We plant 20 mangrove trees for every pair we sell. And through these, through this initiative, it makes a pair of umbras the most carbon negative product currently available on the market. Meaning we pull, we pull more carbon out of the atmosphere than we emit to produce and deliver this pair more so than any other product on the market and that is just something that really resonates with our followers and, and the people that invest in a pair of numbers because they feel like they're contributing to a cause that you know that when they buy a pair not only are they getting an awesome pair of new sunglasses but they're planting 20 mangrove trees in madagascar which is a big deal 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, you know, like for someone who has no idea how they would go about, you know, contributing to, to, to an environmental cause, this just gives them a great excuse to kind of feel like they've done some good. Super cool. That's great. Awesome guys. Uh, okay. Well, let's move on to our uh, lightning round here. I'm going to start uh, with uh, Jensen. What is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Uh, later for Instagram. Later. For sure. Okay. Nice. Nice. Any reason yeah. you like that over any of the other planners? Mm, we just like, we have like, <laughs> I don't even know when we're going to max it out on the gigabytes of content we can store in later, but like I have like thousands and thousands of pictures and videos that I can pull from, from our library and schedule out. Yeah. So I, like, yeah. I think it's great that we're able to do that and it just, yeah, it's a simply super easy tool. We do all of our own Instagram, uh, like all the, all the captioning and, and all the, like, you know, the scheduling out. So that, that just makes it super easy. Um, Trello as well is a great task management tool that we use. We write down, you know, like we'll have an epiphany about a content idea or, or whatever it is. And we just get on our phone and throw it in a specific card or board. And that way it's just there with us forever. And then Nicola and I can both access it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Lightroom on my phone. I love being able to like, oh, and repost. Like we, you know, we have some great ambassadors that, that I'm just thinking strictly for Instagram here, a lot of this, but we have some really great ambassadors and people that we work with when, the, and then we have kind of a like open access to their libraries of stuff that they post. And so we use this app called repost, which is just this super, super awesome little app that we just like, paste copy and paste the link of that image that they post on Instagram. And it basically like generates the image for you in your, uh, in your photo phone library. And then you can oh, take cool. that into Lightroom and edit it in a way that it matches your own photo gallery and then throw it up in the way there. So that's kind of like a big kind of, uh, driver for our Instagram. Great. That's awesome. Nikolai, you have anything to add uh, as far as your, um, <laughs> Uh, I, app right now? Yeah, I would say that uh, I, I've been spending a lot more time just like diving into data in Facebook Ads Manager, uh, Google Analytics, um, and like uh, Google AdWords and stuff. Basically, any question you have about your business, about traffic, about you know why sales are up or down, you can answer with the help of that. Totally. Um, and so, for, especially for new business owners, just take like the hour that it takes to set up all that tracking stuff early on and then just forget about it until you, until you need it. Because when you need it, you're going to be able to get so many great insights out of there and you're going to be very thankful that you set that up early. Uh, literally any business question, any trends um, you can look to right there. One we of the also things love Zendesk. Zendesk is awesome. Oh, oh okay. Awesome. Zendesk for, um, for customer service. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then another one that we don't use as much currently as we used to when we were first building out our, our website, but Lucky Orange. Have you heard of Lucky Orange? Yeah. Yeah, totally. For uh, for seeing where people are going on your website. Yeah, just seeing how people interact with your page. Yeah, yeah, it provides you with a heat map of like where people are clicking, what people are looking at, and it even like records customer like site visitor sessions sometimes on anonymously, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh but yeah, it lets you see exactly like what your site's lacking. Yeah, super cool. Uh, favorite podcast 
you guys? Uh, secrets of scaling. Oh, that's so good. That's yeah. Okay. That's the obvious answer. <laughs> uh, so you're not going to say how I built this. So let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> I'll, I'll say like hardcore history or oh, that's one of one. the other like non-business related uh, podcasts. Yeah. I I'll mean, even throw I'll even throw Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, I was gonna throw Joe Rogan. That's a good one. Want some knowledge? Yeah, yeah. You know what? You people out there, you don't always have to be listening to business podcasts, except for this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I actually, on the contrary, like I find myself. I'm always very hungry for information about the business world, but I found myself needing to disconnect more and more lately. So. Rather than reading business books and trying to find a good novel or, you know, play a board game rather than dig into Shopify late yeah, night. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's Tim Ferriss right there, right? Like, he's yeah. all about, like, in, uh, especially in four-hour work week. It's like, have a couple information sources, but besides that, you got to take a diet from all that stuff because mm-hmm. it's, it's not actually moving you forward. Yeah. Four-hour work week's a great one. As long as we're on books. Uh, let my people go surfing has been kind of our North star and company Bible, which is Yvonne Chouinard's account of starting and founding um, Patagonia. Oh, cool. Cool. Okay. Nice. We'll put them in the show notes as well. Um, Even if you're not interested in business, you should read that book. Like everyone should read that book. It'll just make you view the world uh, in a more effective and diagnostic way. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, favorite founder or founder that you guys look up to? Ooh. I mean, you guys are in Seattle, so, you know, Bill Gates, uh, you know, uh, who else is from Seattle? No, Jeff we, Bezos. Have, we have Jeff Bezos. Yeah, no. <laughs> we have a pretty incredible group of, uh, or group of mentors that we look up to and that we turn to for advice. I'd say, uh, Darren uh, is one of our favorite founders. He's, he's Darren a, Rosenberg. He's the founder of Canaan Sunglasses. And he's been become one of our, like, you know, like a good friend of ours and, and a huge asset to helping us, uh, you know, s- scale and grow and make the right decisions. Uh, Nate, from, uh, Nate from Eyes on Fremont here in Seattle, he's the owner and founder of uh, this little boutique eyewear store where I got that that frame uh introduction way back in the day and he's he's on he's one of our like key mentors and he helps us a lot i'd say there's a there's a lot of people who inspire us like peter daring he's this ceo and founder of peak design um they just do a great job on everything and we found it's super helpful to have have a, a working relationship with them cool cool Guys, so great to have you on the podcast. I feel like I, I went longer than normal. So uh, everyone, thanks for sticking around. I hope you guys got a ton of value out of this. Um, where can people find out more about you guys? Ombras.com or at Ombras on Instagram or Ombras into Google. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Are either of you guys on LinkedIn? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, feel free to reach out. We're always like happy to talk and chat to anyone. We just love like like we're just sponges and love to meet new people. So. And you love DM, to DM us on Instagram. Once in a while. What's that? Do you like to ring your sponge out every once in a while? Ring it out, soak it up. Yeah, dude, just as long as that sponge is getting put to use. <laughs>
DM us on Instagram. Don't send us LinkedIn messages. We don't. Yeah, I don't. Those. I don't check LinkedIn. <laughs> oh, you don't check LinkedIn. Okay. okay. LinkedIn's the world. That's the world I'm in, guys. If you want to send me a message, Jordan West on LinkedIn, you just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Thank right. you, Jordan. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. These are really unprecedented times, and we don't know what the future is going to look like. What we do know is that there's hope. With every downturn in the market, there's companies who are going to make it and those who won't. With all that being said, we'll be putting on weekly, if not more than weekly, webinars where we talk about what funding is available during times like these, how to pivot your business, what types of marketing messaging to use in times of crisis, and more. Join us at mindfulmarketing.co slash free dash webinar. Thanks so much.